Welcome to Insurance Made Simple. This is episode 13. I'm your host, Peter Vitale, and thanks for uh, joining me today. Uh, We've got a lot to talk about, um, some interesting things we've talked about in the last few episodes about insurance prices and all personal lines products kind of going up like crazy. But one of the first things I want to talk about today is, um, and this is honestly the first time I think I can say in my entire career I've seen a report like this that's come out. And uh, that's uh, a report that came out today that says Progressive is declining Kia and uh, Hyundai coverage in Denver on theft risk. Uh, And this is a report. It uh, does not appear that it's been confirmed yet by Progressive, but what we are seeing, uh, according to uh, PNC specialists reporting on this topic today, is uh, that when Progressive's online direct channel, when you're going to quote a Kia or a Hyundai, you're getting a message that says, based on the vehicle information provided, we're unable to offer you a policy at this time. But apparently, Progressive has said that there is uh, a number of uh, thefts that have targeted these two brands, and uh, apparently it's gotten really out of hand. In some cities, according to the article, it says thousands of Kia and Hyundai vehicles are being stolen in recent periods, such as almost 12,000 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin last year, and that's according to USA Today. So this is the first time you know that I've seen in my entire career in insurance that a particular everyday brand. Sure, there may be some insurance carriers that, you know, don't specialize in, you know, $400,000 luxury automobiles that they don't want to regularly insure. But this is the first time in my career that I've seen regular everyday cars that regular everyday Americans drive that are are not being insured in a major metropolitan area by one of the largest insurers in the country. That is how strange the times we're living in are. These times are strange. We have very high inflation. We have uh, inflation that is causing auto insurance and home insurance prices to skyrocket. And uh, we're now seeing that those losses are getting so bad in certain segments that insurers are are opting not to insure specific kinds of vehicles. So that's an important thing. Um, you know, brand new, uh, you know, hot, fresh off the press uh, information today that uh, is rather unusual. So please do, if you hear any more of this or, you know, an insurance company you're getting quoted from, from anywhere in the country isn't comfortable insuring, you know, your everyday vehicle, you know, please drop me an email, peter at encoreinsurance.com. Again, peter at encoreinsurance.com. I'd love to hear more about this. Um, obviously, like I've been saying, it's a strange time in this industry. Um, so anything can happen. And uh, please, please keep us informed so we can keep the rest of the listeners informed. Um, another interesting thing today that um, I don't want to spend a terrible amount of time on, but what I do want to talk about is another article that came out that uh, says, uh, you know, large property and casualty insurance carriers are increasingly comfortable using artificial intelligence in the claims process. So I want to talk about a few ways, you know, artificial intelligence is coming up a lot in virtually, you know, every sector of the economy right now. And, you know, it's causing... Um, a lot of efficiencies, and I think there's a lot of good things that come out of artificial intelligence being used um, in not only the insurance industry, but in many industries. And um, 
one of the ways that it is happening in the insurance industry specifically is through the claim process. So, you know, this article and from my experience, I'll tell you that in the claims process, um, you know, photos of damaged vehicles are taken in um, and those are analyzed now by artificial intelligence to basically create a preliminary estimate of the loss. So, you know, this is saving a lot of time because, right, humans aren't having to sit there and look at these and manually key in parts that may be needed. Um, so, it's saving a significant amount of time, which, you know, in turn reduces the cost of insurance because there's not as much cost and expense in the equation. What I am curious about, though, is how accurate is this? And, and, what I will say is that carriers that are using this uh, artificial intelligence in this, you know, first part of the claim process, we are seeing that those estimates can sometimes and oftentimes be, you know, incorrect, not because they're being malicious, but because they're only looking at the surface level layer of damage or not looking underneath a part that can't be, you know, hasn't been removed for the photo. So how do they know, you know, what's damaged underneath it? And when you get, you know, bring your car to a, an auto body repair facility, they will analyze that and, and then they'll look at that original estimate and they'll craft a supplemental estimate to send to the insurance company for payment showing, hey, you know, these other parts are damaged. And so, you know, the customer is getting their vehicle fixed, you know, and made whole. Now, the interesting perspective here is now we're putting a lot of more work, perhaps, on the auto body shop. So the insurance companies just really transferred the burden from themselves to the auto body shop. And now maybe the cost of the auto body goes up, which does that really solve anything? Um, you know, we're just paying more money now, you know, per accident to the shop instead of the expense of the insurance adjuster doing that work. So, you know, it's hard to say. We haven't seen studies that specifically analyze that kind of information yet, but it's an interesting thought. And uh, I'm not sure exactly how I would, I would imagine if we asked a, a mechanic or someone who owns an auto body repair uh, facility what their thoughts are on it, um, they might not be too excited um, because it's an increased workload on them. But uh, time will tell. Um, but clearly, AI is up and coming, not just in this industry, uh, but in you know virtually every uh, segment of the economy. So the one thing that I do want to say is I think that there's one particular case that I think this could be a little bit um, of a disadvantage to the consumer. And that is someone who gets a preliminary estimate, sees a very low amount and says, I'm just not going to fix my car. It's not worth it. And now they're not getting the full amounts that they should have because it hasn't been analyzed. So I think that there may be some significant cost savings that insurers are perhaps expecting to get from that kind of an equation. So, um, it's just something to think about. You know, if you get a preliminary estimate, always follow that up. Go to an auto body shop, have them craft a full estimate for you to see. And even if you don't get your vehicle repaired, you at least know you're getting the full amount you should be getting from your insurance company. So, you know, these photo-based services that uh, do this, they can do it in a matter of seconds, these artificial intelligence systems. And I think that... Um, 
you know, you can do things cheap and you can do them fast. And oftentimes when you're doing something cheap and fast, quality or accuracy is what is sacrificed. Um, and clearly in this aspect, the, you know, from the insurance carrier's perspective, they're not that worried about that because they're coming out perhaps on the uh, more lucrative end of the spectrum when they're doing this. So, you know, as a consumer, I would uh, make sure that you're looking at this and, you know, make sure that you get an estimate and, you know, understand that these preliminary estimates that many insurance companies are sending out may not be the most accurate and you're going to want to have someone look at your vehicle, take apart the vehicle, see if there's damage underneath, you know, the panels on the vehicle and to make sure that you're, you know, first of all, you want to make sure your vehicle if it's just cosmetic damage, you want to make sure there's no underlying damage beyond what your eye can see today so your vehicle's not in danger to you or to anyone else. Um, but you also want to do that and you want to make sure you're getting the fair and accurate amount of payment that you're entitled to under your policy. So I think that's really important. Um, and we're going to see a lot more artificial intelligence coming, you know, in the months and years ahead. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, business processes that can be streamlines. And I think that we always need to look at these from both sides of the equation, from the customer's perspective and from the insurance carrier's perspective. We want to make sure that everyone is getting right what they're entitled to. We want to make sure that everything is accurate and fair. And I think that is, um, that's how I look at these things. And I think that's how everyone should look at them as we see more and more artificial intelligence coming into uh, this sector and other sectors of the economy. But what I really want to get to today and what I want to talk to uh, you about for the rest of this episode is a recent Michigan Court of Appeals decision. And this was, uh, in fact, um, came out on August 4th, so a little less than two weeks ago. And uh, this decision is important because if you listened to episode three of this podcast, you will have found that I talked extensively about the application uh, process, applying for insurance, the actual application that you're signing when you apply for insurance, and who is on the hook if facts are incorrect on that application for insurance, even if it's something you perhaps didn't tell your insurance agent. Maybe it's something that was inputted automatically, speaking of artificial intelligence, but is something inputted uh, automatically on an insurance application from a third-party database, or perhaps something the insurance uh, agents made up. Uh, you know, not every insurance agent out there is the most ethical person, uh, and we do see cases from time to time where people uh, engage in very bad behavior. And under the current way that this was handled in Michigan anyways, was that it was long thought that if you read and signed the application, you were responsible for what is on that application. And that may be the case if you're buying a policy directly from an insurance carrier. But uh, under this new Court of Appeals decision, uh, Holman versus Farm Bureau and a uh, Farm Bureau agent, that's not the case as it relates to insurance agents anymore. So uh, insurance agents should be listening to this podcast and should be very diligent going forward, you know, especially in Michigan, to make sure that everything that you're putting, I like to always say, is complete and accurate information. There's no two ways about it. You want to make sure that everything on the application is both complete and both accurate. And now, especially if you're an insurance agent, and you know what? I'm an insurance agent, and I don't 
view this court of appeals ruling that I'm about to talk about, I don't view this in a negative way because this is a consumer protection. And I think that that's okay. I think that there's nothing wrong with an insurance agent being responsible for the information they input on the application. They either got that from the insured, they got it from, you know, let's say a property record from, you know, uh, if you're doing a homeowner's application, a property record from a a township assessor, or, um, you know, you got um, information about the insured's, you know, motor vehicle record from the Michigan Secretary of State. Um, You shouldn't be making information up. So this particular ruling doesn't scare me, but should scare you if you're an insurance agent that is not always gathering your information from the most accurate sources. And this ruling, what it says is that an insurance agent, and I guess before I get into that, let's just talk about this because this was a pretty interesting case. So basically the client comes in, he buys a policy, they ask him if he has current insurance, Now, it's disputed, depending on who you believe here, whether the insured or the insurance agent, somebody put a AAA insurance policy number on the application. Um, Who did it? There's two varying accounts. um, But the insured also sent in, they needed to send in proof, and the insured sent in a policy that expired two years previous to this application. And um, so this happens in several, you know, just a few months later, the insured is in a very bad car accident. Now, in between uh, the car accident and the application, the insurer had uh, rescinded the policy saying, you know, they didn't meet the requirements because they didn't have current insurance at the time, and they said they did. Now, the dispute comes because who put that information on the application? Previously, it was thought until this ruling came out that If the insured signed the application saying they reviewed the facts, it was their responsibility. They had basically taken that whole burden onto themselves by signing that application. And um, now what this Court of Appeals has ruled is that that may be true when it comes to the insurance carrier. That may be true when it comes to the carrier. The agent has a duty to do their job in filling out the application in an appropriate way. And I'll read you part of the decision. And it says, um, you know, this case primarily concerns the scope of an agent's duty in preparing the application, which Michigan case law has not expressly addressed. However, given that captive insurance agents are order takers, it follows that there is a duty to do so accurately and not contribute false information to the application, whether purposefully or mistakenly. Thus, it is not necessary for us to determine whether there was a special relationship between the plaintiff and the defendant, because this case falls within the more general limited duty to take orders described. Plaintiff's corresponding duty uh, to review the entire application may be considered in determining comparative fault, but it does not bar a negligence action against the agent. So the agent could here very well be negligent in this situation, which means that the agent's on the hook for you know, potentially quite a bit of money because this was a pretty serious claim. The uh, insured was in a coma 
after an auto accident. So this is uh, a medically induced coma for several weeks following the crash. This is not an inexpensive claim, obviously. This is, this is very serious. And I, I get back to this, and, and I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but it comes back to, are you dealing with an insurance agent that is ethical? Are you dealing with an insurance agent that knows what they're doing? Are you dealing with an insurance agent that's scatterbrained and maybe putting in incorrect information from a different file or just thinking that you said something onto the application? Could that be happening? And now listen, you might be saying, well, Peter, hey, we got a Michigan Court of Appeals decision saying that you know the agent's on the hook here. Well, that's not exactly what happened. The Court of Appeals uh, remanded this decision. They said, you know, the Oakland County Circuit Court said the insurance agent's off the hook, no questions. And uh, the Court of Appeals sent this back to the Oakland County Circuit Court and said this needs to be looked at for to determine who is negligent. The agent here isn't just off the hook no matter what, like you may have thought before. The agent has to have their negligence compared with the negligence of the insured, and if the scale tips one way or the other, you know, that's going to be a factor. So, are you dealing with an ethical insurance agent? That is what you need to be worried about. And here's the thing. Even if you say, well, Peter, but I can prove they were unethical, blah, 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 and, you know, I'm going to get what I want. Guys, let me tell you something. This case has been going on. Uh, the accident happened in 2015. This is 2022. This is a long time to be dealing with this. This is a lot of money and legal expense to be dealing with this. Wouldn't you rather just deal with an insurance agent that you know is going to do the right thing? And, you know, I kind of get ticked off from time to time with certain, you know, clients or prospective clients. And, you know, I just choose not to do business with them. If you want me, you know, or you're approaching me like, well, can't we just do it this way? Or can't we just do it that way? Or, you know, how to get around this or how to get around that? Ladies and gentlemen, I like to sleep really well at night. I want to make sure that no matter what happens, we've done everything we can to make sure you're protected in the best way possible. That does not include cutting corners, putting inaccurate information into a policy. That's all craziness. No one's got time for that. And you don't want an insurance agent who's going to act like that. Now, I get it. Insurance costs money. And in Michigan, it costs a lot of money. We all know that. And you may be pinched on a budget. And, you know, I get that. Everyone is on a fixed income. People tell me all the time, I'm on a fixed income. Like virtually everybody's on a fixed income. Everyone makes the same amount of money every week in most jobs. So you got to make the numbers work for you and your family. But I would tell you that it is not worth it to do something crazy to potentially have no coverage. Other than that, you've just been spending all this money on insurance and flushing it down the toilet or throwing it out the car window. It doesn't make sense. You wanna make sure you're properly protected. You've been putting all this money into a policy and you want the policy to pay if something happens. The last thing you wanna have is some insane person, really, of an insurance agent, perhaps, you know, just making up information. Now, I'm not saying this insurance agent did that because there's a dispute in the facts and maybe the client told him that. But either way, somebody was in the wrong here. It was the agent or it was the client. No matter what, 
You don't want to be in either one of those situations. You want to deal with an ethical and honest insurance agent, and you do not want to lie on an insurance application because the court's going to have to find one way or the other when this thing's remanded. And they're going to do a hearing, and people are going to be brought under oath. And at best, or at worst, I guess, from whose perspective, but, you know, is that we don't know. And, you know, they're both equally at fault, or they're both equally not at fault. And then what happens? Well, Apparently, this guy's medical bills aren't going to be covered potentially, which is going to be a big deal considering, you know, we just talked about, you know, the state of, you know, how much this probably cost. So it gets back to this. And I'm going to say it one more time. Please, please, please be honest on your insurance application. Be honest in all your interactions with the insurance company. Expect the insurance company to be honest with you, and if they're not, hold their feet to the fire, but expect your insurance company to be honest with you. Expect your insurance agent to be honest with you, to give you good advice, to provide you with the information you need to make an informed decision, and be comfortable and want an insurance agent who isn't going to do anything just to make you happy. Because if they're doing something just to make you happy and just to save you 10 bucks a month, what else are they doing that's crazy? Okay. You want someone who's going to make sure that everything is in good order if something bad happens. You do not want someone who just says yes to you. And oftentimes, you know, people get a little, you know, upset and I'm just going to, I'll just go somewhere else. Well, okay, that's fine. And a good insurance agent will say, that's okay. No problem. I am not willing to risk my reputation. I'm not willing to risk you and your family's well-being just to do something that's going to make you happy in the short term and maybe make me a few dollars. But in the long term, cost me a lot of sleepless nights. And in the long term, sacrifice the financial well-being of you and your family. You don't want someone like that. So stop asking for things like that. That's crazy. You want someone who's going to help you the best way possible. Now, Prices are going up. We've talked about that the last three or four podcast episodes, it feels like. But prices are going up. So what can you do? You know, Peter, if I can't do anything dishonest or, you know, borderline unethical here, you know, what can I do to get the best rate possible? And here's the best advice I have for you is work with an independent insurance agent. That's an agent that represents multiple carriers, can shop your rates to multiple carriers and see who has the best rate for you and your family, okay? This may come as a shock to everyone, but not every insurance company out there wants your business and they don't price like they want your business because insurance companies, generally speaking, cater to a specific segment of the population and not the overall population. So there are some carriers that are good for higher risk drivers. There's some carriers that are great for the very best drivers. There are some carriers that are great for young drivers. There are some carriers that are great for old drivers. There are some carriers that, you know, view one DUI as not a big deal. And there's some carriers that don't want to even write somebody if they have one DUI. So what what you have to really do here, ladies and gentlemen, is you have to go to somebody who knows all of this information, okay? And it's not going to cost you any more, right? The price of insurance isn't more just because you, you go to an agent, right? They're selling you the same product. So you're going to someone who has 
the knowledge and who does this hundreds of times a week, a month, whatever, to look at the information and say, okay, I'm going to price you with these carriers because I already know that this isn't the carrier for you. And yeah, sure, if you want me to try it, I'll try it and I'll show you. But, you know, I know without even having to run a quote that, you know, if you're the very best driver, you've never had a ticket or accident in your life, that carrier X is, you know, they're better for, you know, a 20-year-old kid with, you know, one accident and two tickets. So go to somebody who's knowledgeable. Go to them and ask them questions. And if you're curious why they're doing things a certain way, ask them. They'll probably love to explain it to you. I love to explain things to clients all the time. You know, if they ask me, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you go to this carrier? I heard this carrier is very bad. I heard this carrier is very good. You're going to get someone who's honest, who isn't beholden to one particular insurance company. And that is critical. That's critical. You want someone who represents you. You want someone who represents your interests, not the insurance carrier's interest, but they pair the right insurance carrier with the right customer. And if you have an agent like that, and if you have an agent who you know you're getting honest advice from, good feedback, and you know what? Maybe even test them. Ask them to do something a little crazy. And if they say, oh, you know, yeah, okay, I, I guess I could do that, run away. That's not the person you want to work with because what the heck else are they doing that's putting you and your family in jeopardy? You guys are spending a lot of your hard-earned money on insurance products, okay? We've talked about this. The government requires you have auto insurance. If you have a mortgage, they require that you have, you know, your mortgage lender requires that you have home insurance. You guys have to spend a lot of money on insurance. Please make sure you have a policy that, God forbid, anything happens bad to you or your family that it's going to pay out. Don't go with some crazy person because they could save you $10 or $20 a month and then cost you hundreds of thousands or maybe in this case, millions of dollars, you know, in potential losses. That's not the kind of person you want to deal with. So I think that, you know, I'm always looking at information like this. I'm always you know, analyzing a ton of information as it comes in from court decisions, from industry trade, um, you know, publications, from, you know, regular newspapers, to everything. And when we see something like this, that's a big change in, um, you know, and I, I think I'm going to go out here on a limb and as an insurance agent say it's a welcome change because, you know what, there are some unscrupulous players in this industry and we want them to get them the hell out of the industry, to be honest with you. So, um, I think that this is a good decision. I think that this should keep a lot more agents on their toes. And I think it's a good thing for the people who are doing things the right way anyways. They shouldn't be subsidizing the people who are doing things the wrong way. So make sure you have an agent that you can trust that's giving you good information. That's what you want. That's what you need. If you want advice, call me, email me anytime. I'm here to help you, okay? My contact information is in the podcast description. I want to be able to help you. Listen, if you're in a different state and I don't sell insurance in that state, I will talk to you about insurance generally as much as I can and put you, you know, in touch with someone who I think would be a good fit for you and your family. So please use me as a resource. I'm around all the time. I love talking about this stuff, so I'm here to help. Uh, thanks for tuning into the podcast interesting time in insurance, interesting time in the overall state of the economy. Stay tuned, more to come. And uh, thanks for uh, listening and joining me today. And uh, I hope you'll subscribe to the podcast and uh, check out the future episodes as well.